What's up? Welcome back to Nostalgia Pod, coming to you live right after the Oscars. To all of our trustworthy and diligent and committed fans, thank you for tuning in. For anyone that's getting this later, thank you for listening. To support the pod before we jump into our recap of the award show tonight, I just want to make sure that you all are subscribed to our YouTube channel, so click below. Go to SoundCloud and iTunes to download, leave comments, rate, review, give us all the feedback to help us grow and get better. Dave, yes. as my co-host to this pod, we have done over 100 podcasts. We have we did an Oscar review last year. We have talked about these Oscars a couple times on the pod. Pretty boring show, in my opinion. Nothing too much to stand out what was your take from the night yeah i mean overall it was pretty predictable right i got 19 of my 24 picks right and the ones i got wrong were all the small ones i got all the documentary ones wrong and i got visual effects and best picture wrong everything else we nailed sure. the actors were as predictable as they were all year the screenplays mm-hmm. both went to get out and call me by your name kind of what we thought dunkirk and shape of water split all the technical stuff more or less deacons got cinematography it was kind of everything we really talked about except for best picture which no one really had a you know a handle on yeah overall i think the main takeaway for me was a lot of really good films this year didn't win anything and that's going to be the thing i think we take away is that there's so much quality that came out of this year ladybird phantom thread two movies that stand out to me as movies that kind of defined the year and movies came away with nothing phantom thread got costume design actually true right no, yeah. no, none of the big ones i guess right yeah. Costume design, though, I mean, if, if they didn't get costume design, they aren't, <laughs> exactly. they aren't doing it right. <laughs> Why don't we start w- with the big ones? You know, we talked about how it all went chalk. Best actor, Gary Oldman. Best actress, Frances McDormand. Supporting actor, Sam Rockwell. And supporting act- actress, uh, Allison Janney. Those are the categories I think we kind of knew. From those, is there anything that we can take away for future Oscars or, or for what kind of roles are gaining these awards or winning these awards? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the analysis around Lloyd Metcalf versus Allison Jenny is that the Academy, at least this year, was more a fan of the bad mom than the difficult mom, even though the difficult mom was a better role and a more interesting performance. They kind of want the showy stuff. Frances McDormand, very showy performance, even Sam Rockwell, and obviously Janney. The only one that's kind of measured is Oldman, but that's also showy as well because it's all makeup and it's (laughs) a historical character. I mean, for for all four roles, they rejected the more nuanced guy with Chalamet and Willem Dafoe and Saoirse Ronan, so... But again, that's what we expected would happen, and it happened. Yeah, the historical biopic continues to dominate these categories. Think about probably the last time one of these was done to the level of Darkest Hour with Lincoln, uh, and Daniel Day-Lewis won that role. Like you said, I think your analysis is spot on. The the more flashy roles uh, are the ones that get honored, mm-hmm. kind of leaving the, the more measured and, and calculated roles. Unfortunately, by the wayside, I was watching with Julianne, who I've talked about on the podcast before, and she said, was Lloyd Metcalf really that much worse than Allison Janney? And I was like... No, <laughs> she she actually wasn't. But Allison Jenny's part that we talked about in the last pod was just a lot more showy, a lot exactly. louder. It's, it's really too bad. Moving on to the other big award, Best Picture. So that was the least predictable award of the night, although we had an idea it was probably going to be Three Billboards or Shape of Water with Get Out mm-hmm. kind of getting a late charge in socially but shape of water ultimately came away with it what do you think it was about shape of water over three billboards for this particular award show well i guess shape of water just kind of had more support overall i know the directors and producers liked it more three billboards just had all those acting support but hey i mean look at the oscars tonight three billboards 
only won two awards and they were both acting awards. It didn't get any other smaller awards. And looking back, Shape of Water definitely had a much bigger advantage, just more well-liked throughout. And as we've talked about last week, Satellite of the Contest, Nostalgia Pod on YouTube, Shape of Water versus Three Billboards was kind of a very similar to past races we've had with the Best Picture, Best Director split. But I guess it's just Three Billboards just overall as a film just wasn't as popular. It didn't get the screenplay win which kind of killed it. But I thought with Get Out winning Best Original Screenplay, maybe it had a chance. But mm-hmm. Shape of Water won all those other awards, so I guess it's just like, all right, well, we already like Del Toro. Let's just pick that as well. It's weird because anecdotally and on social media, you hear this with the press a lot. The movie doesn't have so many stands or passionate fans so much. It just has people making the fish sex joke and overdoing that. And then all the people saying, hey, it's not as bad as you're saying it is. But those are people saying yeah. it's not as bad as you're saying it is. They're not people saying that they love the movie or that the movie's amazing. Like I think, I, like we said when we first talked about it, for a movie that has fish sex, it's somehow not as weird as you'd think, and it's kind of simple. And that's still kind of my takeaway. I think the themes about inclusivity and differences with uh, people and whatnot, they're, they're good. I still don't know if the message is that profound. You know, it's kind of all spot on it's a fairy tale but that's what they picked yeah i think the point you made at the end about the overall message of, of the story of shape of water is really probably why it won because it seems like that was kind of the theme running throughout most of the oscars tonight was inclusivity taking people who haven't had a voice and quite literally in shape of water sally hawkins character doesn't have a voice and she has a disability and you know the way that she's able to find inclusion and able to find meaning and just be able to be herself in her life kind of is what the oscars focus on this there's even that montage with kumail and a bunch of you know uh, women in the field talking about why it's so important to be making these these diverse stories and shape of water just you know in retrospect almost seems like the obvious choice based on that but right three billboards winning and so many other award shows i think it would have been foolish to discredit it. Yeah. Coming in. You know, I wanted to ask you, why don't we move on to like the smaller awards or maybe not smaller, but the less flashy. Wh- which ones stood out to you tonight? Which ones were you most pumped about? Dunkirk won sound editing, sound mixing, and film editing. It was favored in all of those, but so Baby Driver didn't sneak in and Shape of Water didn't dominate technically. When I saw that, I was expecting that maybe Shape of Water would have a quieter night. It came away with four awards, obviously, two of the biggest ones, the director and picture, but 10 of the last 12 movies to get at least 13 nominations won five times. Shape of Water only won four times, but, you know, I guess it kind of just speaks to, they kind of spread around the technical stuff. I mean, production design, Shape of Water was favored, and it won original song, favored for Coco. It did win. Greatest Showman did not. 11th Hour sneak in there, despite some buzz about that. Original score, Shape of Water was favored. It did win. Despite these win before A Fantastic Woman, the best foreign language film, that was the favorite. It won. Uh, costume design, Phantom Thread was the favorite. It won. Cinematography, Deacons was really the favorite. I know we didn't believe it because he never had won before, and we thought they would mm-hmm. shaft him, but <laughs> right. he won. And, and, of course, Coco was the favorite, and it basically had no competition. It was the only movie nominated as far as I'm concerned. So... <laughs> all those smaller awards were exactly what I sp- you expected. And if you bet $100 on every single favorite, you would have made a killing. That's despite a lot of those odds being terrible, just because everything was so chalk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think the only real surprise probably was original screenplay, which went to Jordan Peele for Get Out. 
and that was probably the best moment of the night. Not yes. only did he get probably the biggest reaction on Twitter, but also you you could feel the excitement in the room when he won. Get Out gained a lot of steam over the last probably like three or four days after we recorded. People saying it could win Best Picture. You know, this is also kind of in, in the sphere of The Ringer, which I think we both live, but their website was especially pushing for it. Right. Preferential ballot was the main reasoning. Exactly. But there was also the story that came out before that older academy voters weren't even acknowledging get out as an oscar movie and weren't willing to even watch it Mm -hmm. which just kind of points to the meaning of the movie i think (laughs) you know and and what it what it talked about but man jordan peele winning that award was so fucking awesome i was so pumped i was thinking like oh the best picture winner is not winning screenplay is maybe the best picture winner will be get out but you know i mean no best picture winner has won without a film editing nom since 1980 and Get Out did not have that nom, and sure enough, it didn't win. But, you know, I, I was starting to think that there was a chance when Peel won because Shape of Water wasn't mm-hmm. running away with the technicals. Dunkirk was still winning a lot. So, I, you know, I figured maybe there was a chance, especially with three billboards not winning really anything besides the acting. So, you know, I, I really like to see how close it was, honestly. You see, we talked about this last week, you know, seeing the voting breakdown, you know, amongst the guild members and stuff. Just very curious, you know, how, how close was it? I know uh, Kamana Johnny tweeted that he came in second. I don't know if that was a, a joke or if he actually knew that, but and any voting detail would be fascinating, especially with this year. The Academy's newer, but not totally flipped over, so pretty predictable. Yeah, it'd be awesome to see that, to see how, how close it was, but I think one of the themes we, we kind of touched on was inclusivity, and that, that came out in a lot of forms. They did video montages. You know, I think notably, I can't remember who it was for cinematography that, that did the award, but then Emma stone when she was presenting for best director mm-hmm. acknowledged that greta gerwig was the only female director nominated and Frances mcdormand also in her acceptance speech had a really powerful message yeah Frances mcdormand for as much as i think she can be a little out there really mm-hmm. like when she made the speech dropped the hammer right and good good on her because the message is great yeah well and it, it wasn't just a stunt too it was talking about financing movies something that women struggle to do in hollywood they'll get smaller mm-hmm. budgets or they'll be paid significantly less for no reason other than there being a woman it's an important point to make you know i'm actually happy with that because i know a lot of people have kind of been down on her speeches throughout the year but clearly she was saving the one that actually mattered mm-hmm. the most for the big night which obviously makes sense so good on her. What'd you think of Jimmy Kimmel? I thought his opening was great. He touched on basically everything. Harvey Weinstein, Time's Up, Me Too, mm-hmm. All the Money in the World fiasco, some historical firsts for nominations. I thought I really covered everything and there was good jokes. Yeah, no, it was a very Kimmel performance. He you know, he didn't shy away from anything. He did the stunt of going to surprise people and get like real reactions in the, mm-hmm. the showing for the I call it the Oprah movie now the wrinkle and wrinkle in time you know overall I thought he was okay nothing really that I think we're gonna look back on and say like wow Kim will crush that or we're gonna be seeing a lot on Facebook tomorrow but overall mm-hmm. I thought he did a fine job yeah you know honestly the thing that stole the show for me were the montages the 90th Oscar clips yeah that they put together I, I, I saw like, I saw some shit, negative buzz on that great. dude did you see that really yeah people were like oh, the Oscars, why are they so far up their own ass? They gotta tell us how much they love movies. And I'm like, yeah, but did you see all of those scenes? It was fucking cool. (laughs) Yeah, but dog, did you see it? Did you see it? (laughs) Like, it was so awesome. Yeah, like, the walking bit to the Chinese theater was probably too long. But also the hot dog cannons were an immediate meme. That was pretty funny. And then shout out to uh, Tiffany Haddish. Yeah, exactly. Tiffany Haddish was awesome. And shout out Army Hammer, too, who... Mm -hmm. Apparently he was battling through the flu, but looked like a million bucks in that red velvet suit. Oh, doesn't he always? <laughs> and 
especially while I was holding a hot dog cannon. God damn. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the other things I had written down here was what a night for Mexico, man. Coco, Guillermo del Toro, just overall a huge night for Mexico. And they took every chance they could to talk about inclusion and immigration in their speeches. I find it interesting that, and this is just like a side note, that three of the last five best directors have been Mexican? Yeah, it's been a great run. Cuaron, Inaritu twice, and now Del Toro, you know, all the, the stud directors for Mexico of all one. It's pretty nuts. Crazy. But yeah, good for them. I mean, Coco won twice, too. Gotta be happy that it's, it's awfully timely, you know, <laughs> for obvious reasons. Definitely. You know, one thing I had written down here as a nice touch was Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty giving out the best picture again. Yeah, I didn't know what to think of that at first, but it's fine. I guess it wasn't really their fault. They just kind of had an old people moment when they decided to announce it with the wrong card. But yeah, I thought that was funny. Yeah, and I know Wesley Morris from the New York Times was he wanted Moonlight to get like a a, a new opportunity to do a speech, which probably was unrealistic. But I thought overall they played the whole fiasco last year pretty well. It was pretty funny. Yeah, they had to play it up. A couple of notes I had written down here. Documentary, Icarus. Now, you you texted me right away saying this is a bit of an upset. And this is a Netflix film, right? Netflix-owned property? Yep, that's a big big look for Netflix. Yeah, what do you think that this means for Netflix moving forward? Well, they're just probably going to make more documentaries. They announced their very ambitious plan to release 80 films in 2018, which is more than all of the six uh, major studios combined from 2017. So I don't know if they'll hit 80 movies unless they just continue to make lots of movies that aren't that great, like Mute Cloverfield Paradox, you know, they'll just bulk them out. <laughs> but either way, they're, they're getting a good reputation with documentaries. They've had several of these nominations and movies that have been, yeah. uh, you know, noticed before and that you get one win. And yeah, I think this they're just becoming a destination for documentaries which which is obviously great for them because they want to be destination for everything but yeah i mean so icarus was kind of like the second place expectation that phases places was the favorite same thing with documentary sort subject that edith and eddie was the favorite but heaven is a traffic jam on the 405 one and then live action short film Decad elementary was the heavy favorite but the silent child actually won so those are three of the ones i got wrong but i haven't seen any of those anyway but i've heard uh, icarus is pretty cool that then again's on on the flick, so easy to watch. Yeah, you know, I, I wonder if this will not only validate Netflix in the eyes of a lot of Academy voters. Like you said, they've been nominated for uh, documentaries in the past, but being nominated for Mudbound for Mary J. Blige getting the nomination for um, Best Supporting Actress for that, and also getting I think a Best Original, yeah, Best Original Screenplay or Best Adapt Adapted Screenplay. It's based on the book, and Adapted. the song she sings, Mighty River, was nominated as well. Right. So they have some major noms. I wonder if this will almost like give people the permission to vote for a non-big screen entity for these movies moving forward. Maybe see some more Netflix wins, hopefully. But like you said, it depends on the quality. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, because it's tough to say how popular Mudbound is, because obviously Netflix never releases any information, so none of us really have much of an idea of how many people watched it. I mean, I've saw the critics reviewed it, but it didn't do that great at the award shows, you know. You know, hopefully this continues to raise the profile of Netflix as a serious place for films and documentaries. You know, Blade Runner winning twice, visual effects, uh, which I didn't expect, and then cinematography, of course, which I thought was nice because that underperformed at the box office, as we talked about last fall. So I think it was a nice um, acknowledgement that, yes, that movie is awesome. And it's kind of a shame <laughs> yeah. that it, it didn't make its money back. Yes, that movie is awesome. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, actually, that kind of leads me to, uh, this is a question that kept coming up for me throughout. What do you think is going to be the movie or movies that in like three, four, five years, we're actually still going to be talking about from this year? Oh, it's obvious. 
what, what do you say? Let's get out, obviously. That's the most like yeah, culturally it. relevant, resonant, popular mm-hmm. of the whole bunch. After that, heck, I mean, Call Me By Your Name has a very devote fandom, as our channel has mm-hmm. benefited from. So, uh, yeah, shout out to you, Dunkirk, I guess, just because the Nolan film will be remembered. Shape of Water to a certain extent, just because it's like, well, Del Toro won for that one, when Pan's Labyrinth was probably his better movie. But yeah, I think Three Billboards will kind of fall by the wayside F- just because it got it was a very takey movie by the end. I mean, I, I like Fantasy's tweet. He's like, great. Now Sam Rockwell can get back to just being a ambient performer that we all like, and we don't have to be all opinionated about the character he's playing, which I think is a, is a, is a good observation because Sam Rockwell is pretty funny and pretty cool. This is probably just him winning for Galaxy Quest in disguise, so we'll take it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Get Out makes a lot of sense. I think Lady Bird will have, have legs, especially for women as like a coming-of-age tale, for sure. Call mm-hmm. Me By Your Name is a good call. And, of course, like this didn't win any of the awards, but I think I actually think Star Wars, The Last Jedi, is going to have major like force in three years, but that's because Star Wars is just a freaking yeah. machine at the this bi- point, like we've talked the about. The biggest movie of the year usually, usually is remembered you know, after the year is over. <laughs> so, yeah, I just like that. next year... I have a feeling we're going to be uh, talking about Black Panther this time next year. So uh be interesting to see how that moves superhero prestige forward. Well, what else do you want to talk about from Oscars Day? What else stood out to you? I mean, Kobe Bryant got his sixth ring. <laughs> I saw multiple, multiple tweets from people I follow that I, I, I respect saying that Dear Basketball isn't that good, which is – and then I, I think there's actually mixed reaction to him winning because he obviously was accused of rape in the early 2000s. It's uh, kind of goes against me too. We've kind of talked about that. I mean, even Gary Oldman has had some uh, shady stuff in his past around that same time. So we've kind of talked about before about there's kind of levels to everything around that. I mean, Aziz on, Aziz on Starry Story comes to mind. So, you know, how you yeah. handle that at award shows, it's, you know, I don't know how absolute you'd be. We're still figuring all that out. But some people were kind of ticked. I mean, I don't think this vastly changes anyone's opinion of Kobe Bryant. I think most people have made that up one way or the other. So I don't think it's that painful. Hey man, I mean he changed numbers from eight to twenty four. So once he did that, totally new guy. We can we That's can forgive him now, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I I was when I saw Kobe won, I was like, God damn, because <laughs> people autom- automatically on Twitter were just like, Oh my God, Kobe Bryant won an Oscar. But then, just like Three like, Six Mafia did years ago. Yeah, exactly. The fact that that Kobe Bryant and Three Six Mafia together have more awards than. One more award than Leonardo DiCaprio and two more than Stanley Kubrick. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. Yep. That's how it goes. <laughs> Let's see. Anything else that, that stood out to you? Jordan Peele becomes the first black winner for best original screenplay and only the awesome. fourth black black man even nominated. But yeah, finally making some history there. That's great. Oh, James Ivory becomes the oldest Oscar winner at 89 uh, for adapting Call Me By Your Name. So that's cool. Some weird, like, conflicting record potential there. And uh, I believe they take the mantle from Plummer, who was the oldest when he won a few years ago in for acting. So kind of cool because gotcha. this is also the year Chalamet was the youngest Best Actor nominee in, like, 60 years or whatever it was. So you got both ends of the spectrum there. It was kind of predictable for the past six weeks, right? And the get-out story became the get-out story, but at the end of the day, most of the big stuff was what was expected. I really thought War for the Planet of the Apes was winning visual effects. You know, Circus, <laughs> they, they didn't win any visual effects awards for that whole trilogy. I think that's just disappointing. But It's a travesty. You know, I mean, that's a stacked category, and Blade Runner 
I can't. I'm not hating on Blade Runner. I love those those effects. You know, I just think the mocap work is like yeah. so exemplary and more unique. But crazy. Alas, it's okay. It's a minor award. Yeah, you know, I think what I'm sitting here with mostly is how do we make these awards less predictable? Because the, this award show was honestly pretty boring to me. I, I found myself spending a lot more time engaged with my phone and trying to find things that interested me on there rather than the award show. And I think, honestly, when I think back to this award show or this Oscars, it's probably be a detriment that not only do they have such clear standout performances that you pretty much knew were going to win for acting, but the fact that with the Olympics, like giving it more time between when those award shows ended and then when the Oscars happened, it just had so many weeks to dissect it and pretty much say, yeah, oh, this is what's going to happen. Probably next year we won't have the same feel around it that we did this year. Man, I just hope that we have some more uh, close races. It was a unique year in the sense that it was a very strong year, but also, I mean, as we talked about in the predictions episode, there were a handful of races that were stronger than others in terms of like the full five nominees, you know? So a lot of groupthink kind of sat in, but it's not that I think they got really anything wrong. No. It, you know, it just kind of got hashed out so much you know Um, yeah i mean to your point about the entertainment value i mean in general it's just it's obviously it's too long a show it always is the the whole thing going to chinese theater that you probably could have saved 10 minutes if you didn't do that i don't know they give out a lot of awards and there's a few bits in between you know i don't know what you're gonna cut a performance or something or you know everyone's mad some people are mad about that 90 years montage but i mean what is that 45 seconds long i mean it's gonna be long either way I could honestly do without the performances of the original songs. I've heard the songs already. Yeah. Put it on Spotify. I'll go listen to it if I want to. Don't make me listen through it. You know the whole notion that, oh, if we use the full 10 Best Picture nominees and get a Coco in, maybe get a Last Jedi or Wonder Woman in there. I don't think that it would have drastically changed the trajectory of the show. Maybe some more people tune in, but does it make them demonstrably more entertained? I mean, heck, Coco won twice already. So, mm-hmm. you know, I just think at the end of the day, there's some monotony to the Oscars that I don't know if you ever can get rid of. It's probably probably true. I still feel like Chalamet got robbed. So I feel like if he had won, it would have changed my whole perspective. Right. And I think that's another point, too. <laughs> it was a very unpredictable best picture race. But if it was between movies that people were more passionate about, totally different mm. story. Like, if it was Lady Bird versus Get Out, I think the anticipation would have yeah. really paid off you know, or disappointed <laughs> right. people drastically because it was three billboards yeah. in Shape of Water, which is a movie some people dislike and a movie some people just like. You only can get so hyped for it when you're waiting for it to happen for three and a half hours or however long it takes. Yeah. Well, another Oscars in the book. You know, Also, one thing I wanted to shout before we wrap up, the stage and the set were incredible. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it was different than usual, but... I, it really stood out to me. I forgot who it was that was showing off the jet ski, which might have been the most annoying uh, running joke on Twitter all night. Yeah, Helen Mirren. But like when that like came up, it was like an ice like background. I was like, this is some White Walker shit right here. But it was awesome. Loved it. But yeah, man, the only other news that really dropped during the Oscars is Khloe Kardashian, Tristan Thompson are having a baby girl. How do you feel about that? I knew they. I, I knew she she was pregnant, but she got this. And Mindy her. Kaling apparently is pregnant too. So nice. We got a. We don't know who the father. House of Cards final season teaser, little mm-hmm. Mary Poppins Returns teaser. Roseanne. Literally advertising itself to red states, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> was the patch yeah. line. It's like, we're the family like everyone else. It's like, okay, if, yeah. if, you really, okay. if you really think that's going to get the ratings, do you, I guess. Yeah. You're, it is a reboot after all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, overall, another Oscars in the book, a lot of chalk. There probably won't be too much interesting think pieces written tomorrow but the ringer always finds a way to surprise me 
another year in the books. We have a huge month of movies to get us back into the 2018 movie groove after Annihilation and Black Panther. Probably going to see Red Sparrow at some point this week, maybe Game Night, and then Isle of Dogs coming up, Wrinkle in Time. A lot of a lot of movies coming. I'm so. going to go see Jennifer Lawrence Sex Spies and report back. <laughs> so stay tuned Sounds for that good. at Nostalgia Pod. Tweet at us your thoughts about the Oscars at Nostalgia Pod. Were you psyched? Were you pissed? What happened? What did you think? Just because it was predictable doesn't mean you were happy about it. So let us know what you thought. Yep. And uh, just before we wrap up, prayers to uh, Rose. Ricky Rose. Yeah. Uh, Aston Martin Music in the hospital. So uh, can't be losing him. <laughs> I had to go back and listen to Devil in a New Dress. And I've been <laughs> oh, all weekend ever since. So. Cocaine running through my big veins, man. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, anyone that, that tuned in, thank you for tuning in. Please share the pod with friends. Give us a rating review on iTunes and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Also follow us on Twitter so you can spread the love and, and interact with us. Looking forward to another year and talking to Oscars in 2019. Have a good night, everybody. Yeah.